Um, so Nancy in her announcements uh, was, was dead on. We're, we're using a new book. And, and in fact, uh, although it's not been written recently, it's new in another sense as well. Uh, it, it's been republished after uh, really being out of print for maybe 30, 40 years. It's Ernest Holmes, It's Up to You. And really the idea of the whole book is that life is full of conscious choices if we're willing to consciously make them. <laughs> and, I, and I loved Dee's opening prayer by saying, you know, the universe presents itself as unlimited possibilities, as the unlimited good, really, for all of us, and we have to choose it. So we're going to talk today about what it means to um, have a conscious choice. Uh, we're going to explore the little bit of the idea of the unconscious choices that we, we still take every day. And I wanted to start out with, really with the promise of the book. You know, every good book, I think, has a, a promise. Usually in the introduction or the first couple chapters, there's something in there that will say, here's why you should read this darn book. And, uh, <laughs> and this book is uh, no exception. Here's what it says in the foreword um, to this lovely book of Ernest Holmes. In the pages of this book, you will find many ideas which will enable you to upgrade your thinking. It will permit you to discover the pathways to a more abundant life and to discover a new joy and vitality in just being alive. The ideas, the ways, the means, they're all presented to you. What you do with them, however, and how you use them, what they will mean to you, is a very personal matter. If you honestly and sincerely desire to make your life better, the way is simply open, but what you do about it is up to you. So conscious choices. You know, uh, one of the things I love to do is present a kind of a sweet and pertinent joke at the beginning of the sermon, and, and this week is no exception, but but the getting of the joke was a little different than usual. Sometimes if I don't have one already in my mind, I'll just go do the Google thing. I'll say, joke about. And so this, so this week I Googled joke about conscious choices. And what came up actually isn't really a joke. It's, it, it's, a, it's a, an interview and an article out of, a, out of a newspaper in the Midwest about something that happened to someone who was a restaurant owner. But it felt so right that here it is. <laughs> and I hope you don't mind that not quite a joke. So Jerry is the kind of guy that's always in a good mood. He always has something positive to say. When you ask him how he's doing, he often replies, if I was doing any better, I'd be twins. Well, it's his philosophy. Each morning he wakes up and he says to himself, Jerry, you have two choices today. You can choose to be in a good mood or you can choose to be in a bad mood. Well, I choose to be in a good mood. Each time something bad happens, I can choose to be a victim or I can choose to learn from it. I choose to learn from it. And I can choose to accept the complaining that comes my way every day or I can point out the more positive side of my own life. I choose the positive. So here's the story. As a restaurant owner, Jerry did something that you are never, ever supposed to do. After a very busy weekend, he left the back door open to receive deliveries on Monday morning. Instead, he got three robbers ready to take the entire weekend's receipts. And when he tried to open the safe, the unthinkable happened. One of the men panicked and shot him. 
After 18 hours of surgery, after weeks of therapy, Jerry was released from the hospital, and the interviewer asked Jerry what had gone through his mind during the robbery. Don't you love that, too? People like, like the house is still on fire, and the interviewers are there. So, so ma'am, how do you feel about, about your house being on fire? Well, this was a little bit like that, uh, but Jerry did reply. He said, the first thing that went through my mind was that I have, should have locked the door. Fair enough. Then, as I lay on the floor, I remembered that I had two choices. I could live or I could die. Weren't you scared? Didn't you lose consciousness? The reporter asked. Jerry continued, well, the paramedics were great. They kept telling me that I was going to be fine. But it was when they wheeled me into the emergency room, I saw the faces of the doctors and the nurses. That's when I got scared. I could see that each one of them believed I was already dead. What did you do? Well, one nurse was shouting questions at me, probably trying to keep my consciousness, and one of them was, she asked me if I was allergic to anything. Yes, I replied. The doctors, the nurses, everyone stopped working, listening to me intently to find out what it was. I took a deep breath and I yelled, bullets! <laughs> But over the laughter, over the laughter, and when I had their full attention, I told them the really important thing. I said, I am choosing to live. Operate on me as a live, living person. Now, this was perhaps a, a dramatic story, a dramatic choice that this man had to make. Can you imagine what it would have been like? And I, and I think we've always been in the position of seeing the look on other people's faces that, that has bearing on us, right? When you're really sick and someone who loves you looks at you with that, oh my gosh, you know, you need to be laying down kind of look. Imagine what it would have been like literally to have to pull oneself up to make a decision that no, despite what's on the faces of these doctors and nurses, I'm going to live. We probably make 10,000 choices every single day. Does it seem like that? Does it seem like every little thing we're at choice? Or is it more like we're kind of adrift on a sea of things that just happen? And the tides kind of move us one way and kind of move us another way. And every now and then things get either so bad or so good that then the choices kind of rise up out of the sea and we make them. Does one or the other of those sound more likely? Are we really aware of the 10,000 choices we make every day? Let me use a trivial example. So you're all here. You made a choice to come to church today. But you know what? Even that choice probably has 50 choices that go with it, right? You chose what time to get up. You chose what clothes to wear. You, you chose when you were going to get in the car. You chose uh, you know, the route you were going to take to get here. You chose what seat you were going to be in. I, I know Nancy usually sits right in this seat. And so in a way, right, it maybe didn't seem like much of a choice when she sat there. But it was. She could have sat over there. She could have sat over there. Even that was a choice. Now, it may have been one that was a little below the radar, a little... Uh, unconscious, if you will, but our lives are supremely filled with choice. 
And so I want to talk a little bit about the difference between those conscious choices that we make and the ones that were perhaps a little more unconscious, like what chair to sit in today. Because they're really about the same thing, but the unconscious choices that we make are where we have essentially given our power over to the universe. Now, the universe uh, can take its form in many different ways, right? Uh, sometimes the, uni the, the quote, the universe is the people around us. We may choose, if you will, to just go along with what's happening, right? To just kind of participate in the same old way. Um, for instance, I, I know not too long ago, a group of friends and I were um, thinking of going out to, to eat in the evening. And uh, sometimes this is a, a great debate, you know, that it's like five people and 30 ideas for restaurants and hours pass. And that time, I took the choice to just say, you know, I'm going to kind of do what everybody else wants to do. But even that was a choice, but it was the choice of essentially giving my power over to the other people in the room. And of course, I was fine with that. And I felt fine, too, in perhaps expediting the process a little so we'd actually get to eat. But how often do we give away our power that we're not even aware of it? How often, in fact, have we bought in to other people's ideas of what our lives and our choices are supposed to be? I talk to people all the time, and it, to me, it sounds like they don't have any choices. I'm locked into this dumb job that I, that I don't like. You know, I've been in this relationship for 25 years, and I don't even think that we, we love each other anymore, and I'm pretty sure we don't like each other anymore. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of us are locked into the idea of what it is to be a perfect mother or a perfect father, ideas that were given to us by our parents or by society on how we're supposed to look and how we're supposed to dress and what's a good job and what's a bad job. Uh, you know, how it is to be a, a, a steward of, of money or not, what it is to be a, a financially stable or not. We buy into all kinds of things that weren't even in our own mind, that weren't even part of our own creation of what we think is good for us. And what we have done in those cases is the, the 10,000 choices we might have made that day, we cut it down to maybe a dozen and we left all the other choices up to who? People from the past, our parents that kind of set things up maybe, or what we learned in school, or what we didn't learn in school. We, we left it up. Don't, do you know what I mean? To, even Madison Avenue dictates a lot of what, how we should look and what we should dress and whether we need deodorant or not, and the, kind, of, kind of the whole nine yards. We've essentially said, well, I had a choice, but instead I'm going to leave it up to that sea of what other people think. Sometimes this is fine. I felt perfectly willing to give up that potential choice around that, that dinner trip that we, we had planned with friends. I was like fine with it. Even if they take me someplace I don't really like. But, you know, being a vegetarian, I figure I can always have a baked potato and a salad regardless of what el whatever else the, the, the restaurant has. So it's like no big deal. But how often do we also give up our choices when it's perhaps something really important? How often do we just kind of go, what do I want to call it? Go unconscious and give our choices over to everything from the uh, advertising media to, uh, to our friends and family. 
I think we deserve more than that. I think we deserve to have more of our choices be conscious ones. And so today I want to talk a little bit more about how you can begin making more conscious choice. First of all, recognize and honor the fact that sometimes you are willing to be a little bit unconscious and treat that also as a choice. Choices are powerful. And if you recognize even that you're giving up that choice or giving it over to someone else, even that is exerting and reclaiming your power. How powerful it is to say, you know, I'm going to let you decide tonight. I'm kind of tired. I've had kind of a funky day. And I'm just going to let you choose what we're going to have to dinner. Or I'm going to let you choose to do, you know, whatever it is. Because frankly, right now, I've, you know, I'm, I'm tired or whatever. But even then, right, I made a choice. And it was a very calculated and careful one. I did not really give up my power because implicit in that is, and I could choose again differently. I have given you the right to choose for me this time, and I could take it back just as easily. This is a more powerful situation than what we do so often, which is going with the flow. Where does the flow take us, do you think? <laughs> you know, I've seen t-shirts that say, go with the flow, man. <laughs> And what I want to know is, where does the flow go? I don't think it necessarily goes where I want to go all the time. I think it would kind of take me, I think it would kind of take me on the average of where the entire population thinks is right and good and proper, right? And when I think about all the people that would get put into that average, I don't think that's me a whole lot of the time. I want to have more to say about where I'm going in life. I want to have more to say about what's important to me. And I want to be conscious of those places where I am giving up my choices to someone else. Is it someone I really trust? Do I really trust those parents that have been dead for years and years and years? You know what I mean? We were taught all kinds of things by our parents and by our aunts and uncles growing up. Are we still allowing them to make the choices for us in our lives? A lot of them were probably really good choices. Some of them, maybe not so much. So today, what I would like to try on uh, all of us for size is the idea of a little bit more granularity in our choosing. What I would like us to do, and I'm starting in on our homework assignment a little early here in the talk, but what I would like us to do is start just to recognize how at choice we are. In the same way that I talked about what the number of choices it took to get here today. What about the choices that you make every day around your job, your family, your household, your uh, future life? Are you just going with the flow? Or are you thinking of it as actual choices? When I use a couple examples here, uh, as you know, I, I, I see a, a fair number of people both doing pastoral care calls and counseling calls. And the, the number one and two things that tend to come up for people, at least in, in my practice, is things about their job and things about their relationship. And I can't tell you how often people come to me and say, I'm trapped in this gosh darn awful job. 
It's like, a, you know, when I hired on there, I, I wasn't really thinking that this would be like the job that I'd have for the rest of my life, but here I am. And, and the, the, the hellish nature of it is it's paying all my bills. And, and I'm not really sure what to do with that. I can't quit because it covers my bills. It allows us to do most of the things we want to do. But I got to tell you, I feel like I'm being punished every morning just showing up there. The other story I get quite a bit is, uh, but similarly, about, around relationships. You know, I've been in this relationship for five years or, or 10 years or, or whatever, maybe not much time at all, and I'm totally feeling trapped. I don't think this person and I really love each other to the extent that it makes up for the pain we inflict on each other. You know, it's like every time we have a meaningful conversation or what I think is going to be a meaningful conversation, it turns into arguments and we're always fighting about money and how to raise the kids. We're, we're fighting about, you know, X, Y, Z. And I couldn't feel more trapped. I can't just leave. There are, you know, and then the, the, some of the specifics will come out. Well, there are kids involved, or, or we're both buying the house, or, you know, we have our finances wrapped up together. We can't just separate. You know, I'm totally trapped here. I don't have choices. Well, to both of these counseling people, and, and to all of us in general, I would say, if you paint yourself as having no choices, you won't. If you cannot look beyond what might seem like a very, um, maybe scary choice even, into the possibilities that that could bring about, then you are trapped. You have given away your power to the relationship, to the job, to the boss, to the, you know, the school board, the whatever it is, you have given your power away. Because, friends, you do have choice. You can choose to quit that job. Now, it might not be a pleasant situation, right? But I have to ask you, there was life before that job. There was life before the obligations that that job are paying for. This could be a very difficult situation, and yet, and yet, it would be a good choice, perhaps. And even if you can't make that choice, I would suggest to you it's a good choice to know that you're going to work every day as a choice, that you're not trapped into it. You may hate that place, I don't care, but get up in the morning and say, I'm making the choice to go in to this job. You're in a much more powerful position. If instead you're like, oh my gosh, I'm trapped and I hate this job, and do you know what? You're just setting yourself up for more pain. If instead it's, you know, this job is not defining me, I'm going to have an even better job. And in the meantime, I'm going to choose to go in every day and exert my right of choice as I'm at work. I'm going to be a great employee. I'm going to do all the things I need to do. And minute by minute, choice by choice, I'm going to actively participate in what's going on. And I would say the same person, I would say that also to the person that was having the relationship difficulties. You are a choice. You can choose right now to stay in that relationship and make the choices one by one in that relationship to try to improve it, to try to, to make a new way of being. And you have the absolute choice of not being in that relationship anymore. And the choices that would go to that about uh, replacing salary in some other way or, or figuring out how to divide up the house or whatever it is. But they are 
choices. You are powerful. Think of the person that practically has victim written on their forehead. Do you know what I mean? The person whose life seems so small and, you know, I'm on a fixed income and I'm living with someone I don't love and I'm in a, in a job that I don't like and, and it's like the world gets down like you're in a vice grip and pretty soon it's like there's a little V on your forehead. And what are the chances of that person going out and finding a great new job? Oh my gosh, not good at all. You walk in the employment office and it's like, it's like neon, don't hire this one, right? <laughs> she hates her current job, right? Every morning on the way to work, she says, I hate work. It's, it's like they can tell. It's like they can, if you've ever been in an HR office, someone who hates their current job, when they come in, you can spot it. Instead, let us be at choice. On purpose, I'm going into that job every day. It may not be the ideal one. It may not be uh, my idea of the best and the brightest job, but I'm at choice there. And I will get to make other choices. I can choose to have additional training to be more qualified for another job. I can, I can choose to uh, put some savings away so that I can go for a period of time without work while I'm gainfully looking for a new and better and more lovely job. I can have all kinds of choices around my employment. I am not trapped. I have choices. All right, we're sliding into the, the real part of our homework for this week because I want us to really have a sense of being at choice. So I have the easy track of homework and the hard track of homework. I'll explain them both, and you can decide which one's right for you. First, the hard homework. The hard homework this week, if you're up to it, and I'm willing to take it on for my own self, is to really see choice in everything that I do. So when uh, uh, something is presented to me that I have to take a course of action, whether it be something as simple as, am I going to church today or not, I'm going to look at that as a choice, and I'm going to think about whether I do it or not do it, both halves of it, as a choice. And I'm not saying you have to even make different choices than you normally would. Do you know what I mean? I just want it to be clear in your own mind that you are at choice. So if you take this version of this week's homework, when you get up tomorrow morning, you would say to yourself, I'm going to choose to go to work today, or I'm going to choose to do whatever you're going to do, or not. And leave yourself open during the day to maybe making a choice that you haven't made before. All right, now for the perhaps easier track of homework. If you're willing, I would like you to make a different choice every day this week. So if there is some place you go to every day this week, uh, whether it be a job or uh, to pick up kids at daycare or whatever it would be, take a different route. Take a different route every day this week to some place that you normally go to. Now you might say, well, all right, that, you're right, Larry, that's easy homework, but it's also a little on the strange <laughs> side. I think you will find that by exercising different choices, even something as trivial as taking a different path to where you work every day will open your mind and your heart to new levels of creativity, new ways of possibility, new ways of being at choice. At the very least, what it will do is you'll discover maybe on day three, 
you know, there's a park over there that I never even realized was there. And you loop around at once and you think to yourself, you know, the kids and I ought to go to that park some Saturday. That would be a lot of fun. You've opened yourself up to a change. Or you might discover, oh my gosh, when I go this way, it's that 20 mile an hour school zone that just seems to drag on forever. And that'll get you thinking about kids and schools and choices that you might make around your own continuing education. What I know is if you do even subtle things differently in your lives, it opens your hearts, your minds, your creativity to newness. And the sure recipe for getting out of going with the flow is simply to experience newness. So are we open for a little newness this week? Are we ready to try something a little differently? Well, keep in mind, think of your choices. That's number one. That'll be a little harder. Really look at each choice you make and make it as a choice. And if that's a little too tough, or if you want to get a just a little more rest out of life, it's okay, then go with plan B. Just take a different route each day this week to someplace you would normally go to. I want to close today with a, a quote that's from the end of the chapter we're covering in this great book. This book is all about making choices. It's about choosing in our own mind what we want to see more of in our lives and really going for it. I think you're going to enjoy it. But this first chapter ends very simply. Ernest Holmes says, no one has ever tried and failed in a conscious cooperation with God itself. You are the king in the domain of your own mind, and the genius of God is under the command of each of your choices. If you harbor fears, now you will do it with your eyes open. It is up to you. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one uh, infinite set of choices and a variety in this universe. I call it God. And I know God is in all of the choices, in that infinite variety of things that may be chosen or, or not chosen. And I know that for each one of us here, including me, on this day and each day forward, I will take a more practiced eye, a more conscious view of the decisions in my life. Even, even on those days that I decide to go with the flow, I will make that a decision so that I keep my power, I keep my ability to always have my hand in the design of my own life. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for each person in this room. Each person here has a resurgence of willingness to take charge of their own thoughts, their own ideas, their own lives through wonderful and measured choices. And I'm simply grateful for this. I'm simply grateful for the power and presence of God as it comes through each person in this room making conscious choices. I simply let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today.